0: I'll try not to get too close and spit on you, okay? I got permission, though, if you if it's all right, so, you know. While you're looking there, I want to remind the youth that we're going to be setting up the Christmas tree uh, in the youth room this Wednesday night, just in that area. And they're supposed to be bringing a decoration out, and we're going to be placing a decoration on the tree that represents each youth. And I challenge you to have your children or young men and women to come out and be a part of that. And that'll be this Wednesday night As before we read the scripture. The four thoughts today is how does God see you? Are you therapeutic, refreshing, or disgusting to God? Two, is the church disgusting? Three, open the door and then turn the squirrel loose. I had to add that one in when Raymond sang today. So anyhow, no, when he came to me to sing and told me he was wanting to do that, that Howard and uh, Robert had uh, pressured him into doing that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyway, I said, go for it, because we're talking on Church of Laodicea today, and we need to get on fire for the Lord and whatever it takes, right? So Revelation three fourteen through 22, and to the angel of the Church of Laodicea write, these things says, the, amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have no need of anything, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garments, And that you may be clothed that the the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be jealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on the throne, on my throne. Christ is saying this. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne, who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. Again, it starts out to the angel of the church of Laodicea. We've established this last six weeks that we believe that the spirit of the Lord spoke to John and John wrote these letters to the pastor of the church and the church took the word to the body. And to this case, in this case, the church of Laodicea. But the church was built to impact the local communities, to impact the world. And again, it excites me, and I want to go over it again today because it excites us, it should excite you, that Oakton was established and set in this community to make a difference in the world. Oakton was established here just like Laodicea. The letter went to them so that they could draw into the things of God even more, to press into the things of the Lord because they were set to make a difference. Today, as we did the Operation Christmas Child, you're seeing that 400 and some kids will be, families will be ministered to because of you today. The church, that's our responsibility is to go to the people. But I want to really get intimate with you guys today. My son the other day had got blessed at his job again, and, and he's been, God has blessed him through this job tremendously. And I asked him, and I always do to be Andre. I said, where do you get your smarts from, from your mother or your father? And anyway, he texts me back quickly, really serious. And he said, laugh out loud, but honestly, Dad, I think I got my smarts, my smarts, my smarts from just being around smart people. Working with you and different guys around the church and just learning. Did you catch that today? The church, just learning. And I'd say that you, Aaron Talbot, Gary Dunn, have taught me a lot. Tuesday camp with Aaron, I learned a lot. And working on the farm with Gary, Matthew, Justin, taught me a ton. Do we realize the influence that we have on our children? Do we realize the church is established to touch the lives of those around us? God has built this church at the gates of hell, and hell will not prevail against us. And I challenge you today to quit being judgmental of each other and the children in the church, the youth in the church, and start coming around them and helping them and leading them to an active relationship in Jesus Christ. We see here just of our work ethic that we have. We taught a boy in the church how to work, and he learned a lot from just people in this body Man, that's what I want to be known for. But are we spiritually also, and I know we are, but are we spiritually pushing and and putting into our our kids and our children? Like Nick was saying today, when we don't feel like it, are we willing to do that? When we don't feel like it, are we willing to go the extra mile and invest in our church because it does make a difference? Well, as we get into the sermon today, the history behind... uh, the church of Laodicea and what Jesus said that you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, man, Jesus is so awesome that he uses illustrations that's going on in their community that day. You know, the, the therapeutic or the, the hot example that Jesus was talking about, if you want to put up slide number six, I believe it is, but, but this is the outlay of the surrounding area of of where this church was. And if you look up here, you see Laodicea, and there's Aeropolis above that, and that would be, I believe, to the northeast. I wrote this down so I wouldn't get it wrong. But, uh, but anyway, the, let me make sure I want to check that real quick. Yes, yeah, so the northeast. But or Heropolis was to the northeast of where Laodicea was, and it was known for its hot therapeutic springs. In other words, people would drive or, or walk or whatever on vacation, there's six miles up there to these nice, salt, water, hot, therapeutic basins, and would rest in there. They didn't have this in their town of Laodicea. And so Christ is using that example, you're neither hot like this church but there, or this place, but then he goes on to talk about Colossus. And Colossus was known for its cold, refreshing springs. And compared to when you get into the ice water and 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 hit the ice water, how refreshing that is. Yesterday, I was cleaning the creek out by uh, our, we got that little, um, cold, little culvert there at our house. And water was backed up a little bit, went down in there. Wood's in the way, so I'm moving it out of the way. And it's really not even cold yet. But like the froze, putting my hands in that water, moving the sticks around to free the water up. So we had on one side, on the northeast, we had hot springs, water, therapeutic waters. And on the the other side of things, we had the cold, refreshing water. But he said to the church of Laodicea, you're neither one. Man, think about that. Man, Christ is so cool that he knew they, they went to these cities, one to get the, the hot treatment, the other to get the cold treatment. So he's using that example. But, but what really got me is that Laodicea realized that they neither had the cold nor the hot. So they tried to construct, uh, if you would, piping from the Heratopolis down into Laodicea. And that was a big deal back in that day. And it was a six-mile run, but they ran pipe, literally, that six miles. And it was one of the biggest feats for that time of day that it was ever accomplished. Unbelievable for that day and time. And that water was able to run from the town of, of, upstream there down to Laodicea. But what happened when it reached Laodicea? That water, when it finally reached there six miles away, was what? Disgusting. Disgusting. Because over that travel and over that time, that water began to stink. It began to get sickening, nauseating, revolting to drink to the point where if they put it in their mouth, they would spew it out. And so Christ is sharing an example of what the people of Laodicea could understand. They had gone through this in the physical realm. And he was showing them that there's the same way in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, you're neither hot or therapeutic to me. Or you're not cold or refreshing to me. Man, when I put you in my mouth, you taste so bad, I've got to vomit you out. That's a pretty hard word, isn't it? But that's what he was saying to that church. That's how upset he was with that church. But but guys, he was upset with them because he cared about them. He was upset with them because he loved them and he knew the potential that they had. He knew the suffering they had. He knew all these things were going on in their lives and he couldn't do nothing with them. And it upset him. So when he told these people in the church, man, that message carried a strong, strong drive to them. And so it made him think, Because you remember all the churches that we talked over, really, guys, when you saw that count or that map up there earlier, all those churches were within 20, 30 miles. And so, really, everything that was going on in that area really was going on in every church. Jesus just was pinpointing certain things in each church, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But they had been feeling the pressures of the world and become lukewarm. The question is today for our church because I believe that this message is alive and well to us today. My question is to you, are you hot, cold, lukewarm? Where are you at in your relationship with Christ? The second point of the today is that is the church disgusting? The word says, because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked... In other words, that these guys that spoke the other night that went overseas and came back and said, Man, I need Jesus more now than ever. They didn't come back from overseas and say, Man, I don't need Jesus. Man, I got it going on. I can make it on my own. I don't have to do anything. But the church had become disgusting. And when we look at that, what does disgusting mean there? It just means that they were throwing out different signals. In other words, uh, Christ was expecting one thing and they were doing another thing. You know, they were, they were just not where they needed to be. And I was thinking about that this morning. And I'm going to share these things that may be embarrassing a little bit to me. But, but when I got up today, I went into the bathroom. I showered and got out of the shower and went over to pick my deodorant up. Mitchum, unscented. I love it. Have been on it since I was a kid. And I, and I rolled on one side and it ran out. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, and, and I'm not kidding. I'm looking around. Is there any more? What happened to it? And all I could find was Joshua's axe. And I think it was uh, some mountain scent. And so I put that on one side and it's white and it's ugly. And and it's been bugging me. And and we think about that. It's, it, can't. that's just deodorant. But it bugs me. It's been bugging me all day. Is it getting white on my shirt? I don't want to raise my hand up on the right side. I can't on my left side because it's clear and unscented. <laughs> but it's been bugging me today. And, and, and you guys will be, you know, I walked into Karen today and I said, I'm wearing uh, my, my Under Armour pants, but I've got a golf shirt on. And that's not acceptable, is it? And she goes, don't worry about what everybody thinks. Wear your golf shirt if you don't wear your golf shirt. I brought an Under Armour shirt because it's bothering me so much today. And it's in the office. We let things in this world bug us. And then we wonder and upset with Christ today because he's disgusted because we're not measuring up in the places he wants us to. And I hate the word measuring up. But we're not being what he's called us to be. And it bothers him. We allow things to bother us and it's okay But when Christ is disgusted because we're unequally yoked, because we're uh, opposites of him, that we're neither hot nor quarreled, man, he's judging me. When he's just feeling awkward like you are, awkward like I'm feeling today, he's just feeling awkward because he's not comfortable talking to you. He's not comfortable ministering to you because you don't let him in. That's what he was trying to say through this scripture today. Man, if we realized how much Christ loved us, he went after us. He went after these seven churches. He went to the church that was unwilling to love him. And, and he wanted all of them in Ephesians. But they weren't there. They didn't love him. Things in the world were more important than them, than he was. He went to the church of Smyrna that was unwilling to face poverty and persecution for Jesus. Actually, they were willing to accept it. But what I'm saying is the other churches were unwilling to accept the, the persecutions and the political pressure. Pergamum, the, the willingness to give in to political pressures in, in this world. Thyatira, to give in to false doctrine and jeopardize the church. Man thriving in sexual immorality. And guys, sexual immorality is anything sexual outside of marriage. Sardis, neglecting sin, neglecting the, tra- the, the cracks in their foundation. You know, Giselle talked on Philadelphia, how they, they walked through that door and were following Christ, but guys, the other six churches, they weren't walking through the door. They weren't following Christ. They weren't following his calling. And into the church of the Laodicea today, the Christ was just saying, I wish you'd be refreshing or therapeutic, but you're nothing. You're not doing anything. And he was just going to them and saying, Hey, where are you at? Are you letting this world affect you? As I was thinking about this, the deal popped up on Facebook. Will Jerry Jones and the Salvation Army give in to singer Ellie Goulding for threatening to withdraw from the Cowboys bill Thanksgiving halftime show? If they do not make a solid commitment and pledge or donation to the LGBTQ community, I will not sing for you. And I thought, man, that's in a nutshell everything that Christ was going to the church of Laodicea and, and really all the seven churches about. Will Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys give in to this world politically, spiritually, and the way they believe morally, the way they believe about sexual immorality? All of these things were in that little story that Christ was going to church about in this passage of Scripture How will the Salvation Army handle this? The Salvation Army that's ministered and, and been at this ball game for 22 years on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day for 22 years, raising money to go in and meet the need of any color, any race, any sexual orientation, meaning they minister to the sexual immoral all the time. The gays, the, the the transvestites, all of them, they're already ministering to them. They're already doing what God's called them to do. But if you don't embrace the sin, I'm going to boycott you. How will we respond? How how will the church respond? Because, guys, we're going through these same things. I'm just sharing you something you know about. How will we respond as a church? Man, I've been accused of responding a hundred different ways. But, guys, we need to land on the side of Christ every time. And we need to land with Christ. And point three, open the door. Verse 20 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And this picture that you see to the right of me right now is a picture that was based on this scripture. And it's also on the overhead above. What what do you see or what is this picture known for? Can anybody tell me? What is it? Speak it out. There's not a door knob. Christ is standing at our door knocking and he is a gentleman. He will not open the door. You have to open the door. And it's simply by saying, Father, I repent. And a lot of times that I say repent, I can just feel it's like my fingers going across the chalkboard. I'll just go because people don't want to hear that word. But repent It was the first thing that Jesus said to each one of these churches that he found an issue with. Repent, he said, and, and come back to your first love, me, to the church of Ephesus. He said, repent and face the poverty and persecution when it comes around you. But you've got to open the door up and say, you know, God, I'm going to stop acting this way. That's what repent means. I'm going to stop and start following you. When he went to the other churches of Pergamon, it said there, repent and face political persecution when it comes against you. In the church of Thyatira, repent of the false doctrine that you've allowed and influence you've allowed in your life that jeopardize your relationship with Christ. Then to the church of Sardis, repent of your foundation that you've neglected and allowed the enemy to come in and destroy your house. And then, of course, to you repent of your lukewarm stage. You see, Christ is standing at the door knocking. In this scripture here, he said, he came to him and he said, you know, this is what's going on. This is what I counsel you to do. Now, I'm here to touch your life. I hate seeing your suffering. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But, but we are suffering when we're not allowing Christ to explode in our lives. Gary Dumb sent a word out this last Friday when I was writing the sermon and kind of developing it, and, and I, I thought, wow, this is so awesome. But Gary believes the Lord gives him words, and, and he'll send them to different people, and, and this one here, I took it, and I'm reading it to you today. But this is Friday, November 15th. My church, it is not difficult to please me. That's true, guys. It's not difficult to please the Lord living by my word with attention to the Holy Spirit's guidance is all that I need to be pleased. Guys, that's truth. Paul's writings that were inspired by me give you much direction on how to conduct your life in a manner pleasing to me. The churches, anyhow. If there is a difficulty, it is because of your own desires, the old man which keeps trying to put yourself in the driver's seat instead of me and my word. If you are struggling, take inventory of why. Do we ever do that when we're struggling? What's going on? What's different in my life? Is it because you are lax in living by my instructions? So then, purchase in your heart to reject the leading of the old man by the new man that came to you when you believed in Jesus. As you do, you will be a pleasing disciple of mine, and I will be well pleased in you. And the reason I stutter all through this is I can remember the scripture I just read to you and how all that applies and is in here, in this, past, in this word and in the scripture that we've read to you today. Now, on a different note, I did talk to a man the other day. He told me the Bible interfered with his job. And I asked the man, you know, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a pickpocket. That's a joke. You can laugh, okay? That really didn't happen, but that's the truth of the story right there. When we want to do something that's against what we want to do, then we got a problem with the Bible and the Holy Spirit. We got a problem with the Word, and that's what Christ is trying to get us past. And point four, we need to turn the loose, the squirrel in the church. Amen? I found the squirrel, that Mississippi squirrel. That superman squirrel, if you will, and I, I put his picture up there. But we need to turn the squirrel loose in the church. And guys, I know we were joking about that word, but when Rayburn came to me, I said, It couldn't fit any better, Rayburn. I think you're hearing from the Lord sing it. Well, how will people respond to it? Really, Rayburn? I don't care because I think it's the Lord. And and we need to hear that. But but we need to get excited about the Lord, and I think that. That squirrel represents the word and the Holy Spirit that we're talking about today. We need to loose the Holy Ghost in our church. We do it by serving Christ and his word, by by doing what he called us to do. You know, I was thinking the other day, we went to the the, uh, retreat, James, James, uh, it is his name, Jim. I can't believe I did that. His real name is James, but Jim... And I went, and our wives in Embar went to WCA. Guys, Methodist Church is in a mess. And, and we're going to WCA, and it's a bunch of churches just like us. And they're on fire for the Lord. Man, I've been to James, uh, WCA in Kansas City, or in Chicago was out of this world three or four years ago. I've been to James River. I've been to Church on the Move. I've been to lots of churches that, man, they're unbelievable. Worship unbelievable words. But guys, this last time, and I don't speak for Jim, but I think I could, this WCA was as good or better than them. It was unbelievable. But there's a gal there from the Japanese uh, Methodist Church in Japan, and she got up and was sharing that how that when Christ came into her life, he was her friend, and, and how he and her just had a relationship. But she went on to say that 1% of Japan is Christian. So she had to decide really quick whether Jesus was just going to be your friend or be your Lord. And do I need to say any more? Because in Japan, man, if you're not a Christian, you're up creek. If you're not a Christian in a lot of other countries, you got a, a fight ahead of you. So Christ has got to be more than your friend. He's got to be your Lord. And I think that's what's happening in America, that we're all friends with the Lord, but he's not our Lord. I say, Lord, I'm friends with you. But I'll get around. One day you will be my Lord. One day I will give in to you and start tithing. Oh, don't talk about tithing. But one day you will be my Lord. Lord, one day I will give up sexual immorality. Lord, you're my friend now. I love you and we got a relationship. But one day you'll be my Lord. I'll get married one day. You know, that's how we treat Christ. But, but when you're not in a country that, that loves you like America does and, and your blessing that you're under... Man, it's a little different story. A little different story. I know the first time I went overseas, I literally kissed the grounds in Dallas when I got off the plane because I felt the covering of God leave when I left America and I felt it when I came back in. We are a blessed nation whether we want to believe it or not. But the reason we're a blessed nation is because Christ was our Lord. But I'm scared and I'm worried because He's become our friend more than our Lord. You hear it all the time. I can do all I want to do. I have a friend in Jesus. But we don't have a Lord in Jesus. Jesus needs to be our Lord. He needs to be number one in our life. In closing today, Remington Lehman uh, started or preached the other night in our youth for me. Remington's been bringing it, guys. Um, He's preached every other week opposite of me lately. And I sent him a text when we were done. And I said, thank you. And he go, what for? And I said, because you're following the Lord. Remington preached this point Wednesday night. I believe when Oakton's praying, we're not going in different directions. Because when we're praying, God's taking us in the same direction. Now, we may get there different ways, but, but that's why I've always loved Barr and Landon and Jim. Man, all three of them guys, whenever I'd come in and share something with them, the Lord's already been showing me that. They're praying men, and I knew that, and I thank them for being sensitive to the Lord, just like I did Remington here. But his first words that he said, the first point Wednesday night is we need to fight for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to fight to be submissive to the Lord and His Holy Spirit. He shared the first scripture, he shared three that night, but the first one was out of Mark 25 through uh, 30. It is about the woman with bleeding. And again, Mark 5, 25 through 30. But a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. So without the Lord, you're in the crowd and you're suffering. And, and you can go to the world, you can go to the doctors, you can go to all this. And guys, I'm not knocking doctors. I'm just saying, go to the Lord first. But she had tried all the world's ideas and was still suffering. Spent great amounts of money on the world, and it was, she was still suffering. Guys, you're going to suffer as long as you're depending on the world for your income. You're going to be suffering as, you, as long as you depend on the world to give you your spouse. You're going to be suffering as long as you depend on the world instead of the Lord to give you anything. Verse 27, she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I touch his robe, I'll be healed. Did you get that? She pressed through the crowd. You know, people around us are going to say, man, you're ignorant from going to church. You don't need church today. Man, you're ignorant for doing this or you're ignorant for doing that. The world isn't going to like what you're doing. And you're going to have to press through the crowd just like she did. You're going to have to recognize Jesus and his healing power just like she did. Because when you're suffering, guys, you need Jesus and you need to recognize that and run to him. Because why? And the word says it here in verse 29. Immediately, the bleeding stopped after she touched his robe. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. So we see immediately when we press into the throne of God, when we open that door up, that immediately when Jesus becomes Lord, instead of our friend, it becomes our Lord also, that immediately his Holy Ghost and the power of God will come over your situation. It'll change your life. Repent and turn to Christ. I remember sitting in the chairs and and receiving Christ, and and I'd done it and prayed with my dad on the way to Virginia, but I came back to church and was going to go in front of the crowd, and man, my knees were locked up. I didn't want to walk up front, and the old church was walled up front. I was scared to death. But when I said, Lord, I give it to you, I just kind of walked up and kept going, kept going, kept going. When we repent, stop doing what we're doing, immediately we're going to feel God's presence in our life. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? Who touched my robe? So if the praise team will come forward today, we'll just close it up. The point we're thinking about here is we need to fight for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to fight for the Word of God in our lives. We need to fight to see that Jesus is more than our friend but our Lord. We need the Holy Spirit, that squirrel, turn loose in the church. We need the Holy Spirit turn loose in our life. Jesus said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich. And I thought about what is some of that gold? And Nick hit a bunch of things earlier today. But the most important nugget that you could ever have is a relationship with Jesus Christ and that salvation. Man, if you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ, you're suffering. And you've suffered long enough. It's time to fight the crowd. It's time to fight sin, sickness, and death. This world, and tap into the power of God. Tap into the Holy Spirit. Give up and let him wash over you. I really believe that this example here, say there's water all the way up to here. And when that, that person inside opens that door up, that water just goes and just washes them clean. If you're not saved today, you're suffering, and you may not realize it, as Christ said in the Word. That's why he's upset with this church, with Laodicea, because you're naked, and you're just uncovered, and you don't understand it. And he's saying, let me cover you with salvation today. Today, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you've suffered long enough. It's time to fight through the crowd again. Satan, sin, sickness, this world and allow the power of God, the anointing to flow over your life because God has given us the anointing, all of us the anointing and it's really as much as you want to use, it's what you'll receive. You can receive a lot or you can receive none. It's up to you. But guys, if we're not standing on the word of God in all things, in other words, the the friend, and the Lord part, if we're not standing on the word 100%, you're suffering today. A lot of families are suffering today because they're not standing on the word. They're afraid to tell their children the truth. A lot of people are suffering at their jobs because we're not standing on the word. And it's time to let loose and repent and say, Lord, I've stopped in that. I'm depending on your anointing, your word. The other night, I told you Thursday was a real great service and so good that I'm going to steal the idea. Next year, Veterans Day is on the 11th on Wednesday. I think I'm going to do a service here. It was unbelievable. But, but Walt just been the uh, MC, if you will. At the end, he said something that stuck with me all week. He goes, we're in a war against a spiritual war. It's a spiritual war. And we need to step into it and fight the fight. Fight for the anointing. Fight for Jesus to be Lord in your life. Fight for the word. Because, guys, this country's in a mess. And it's in a mess really because the Lord is a friend and not a Lord. Jesus is a friend and he's not a Lord. This country got to where it was at today because Jesus was Lord. I want to say this to you because I think it's encouraging, but I wished I'd have looked into all the other churches. But the Church of Laodicea apparently um, got past this lukewarm idea because this legacy of being lukewarm was not final. Uh, The Church of Laodicea survived uh, this. If you guys remember the emperor that was in there that was forcing all these things on them, they survived that. And they were still active in the fourth century. Now, keep in mind that, that Giselle talked about the earthquakes in that region in Philadelphia. And then we talked about today in Aerithopolis of all the earthquakes going on. Laodicea was destroyed in AD 64, but they rebuilt and kept coming back. And the church came back. And in AD, and excuse me, hear me just make sure I'm telling you right. In the fourth century, they, they've discovered that they were active and well in the fourth century. And I remember in my studies at seminary that that there was a Christian bishop established there and a council that was established there that would also set forth some steps in the church to be. That ought to be encouraging to us today. That Christ went to that church to share with them the state they were in, and they apparently made him Lord for a while anyway, and they made some changes. And that's what this is about. Christ is telling us this day because he loves us, and he wants us to make some changes in our lives amen these altars are open today if you're not saved you're suffering and i plead with you like christ to come and receive him today if you're here today and you're not living by god's word and you're living in sin you need to repent the seven things we went over with the church you're probably glad i'm done it's been a long seven weeks or nine weeks or however long it's been But if you're not following the word, you're suffering today. Your family's suffering. Your workplace, everybody around you is suffering if you're not following the word. Believe me. And if you're not walking in the anointing of God, you're suffering. And if he's not your Lord, you're definitely suffering. I ask that you stand to your feet today. And Father, we ask that you examine our hearts. Lord, you spoke this word to us Lord, you've already revealed in us what we need to work on. I don't need to sit up here and tell anybody. I know my flaws. You show them to me because you love me. And Father, I repent of them and I turn from them. I want you to be my Lord. And Lord, I ask that all of us today would examine ourselves. And and I would challenge you to come to these altars today. If you need prayer about anything, please come.